Welcome to According to Flint, the innovative podcast reaching beyond the Western demographic with stories, humor, and interviews. Now, here's your host, Flint Rasmussen. Well, everybody, welcome to another episode of According to Flint, my podcast, and uh, as usual, bringing you a little Western sports and happy to welcome at taking advantage of the fact that we have some guys in Billings, Montana. And uh, I will also take advantage of the fact that this guy said yes, <laughs> a man who, you know, I'll say used to do more, been around, you got, he's got the old man pass. Is that what we call it? That's the what old, they're calling it. The old man pass, two-time world champion. I'm going to say... Two-time world champion, bull rider. I'm going to say the the highest money earner in Western sports. How's that? It rodeo bull riding. Can I say that? Yeah, that's pretty close. Well, that's what they told me. Seven over seven million dollars riding bulls. He is the two-time world champion, Mr. JB Mooney. Thanks, man. You yeah, anytime. You know we. I do. I do not take for granted the fact when I had a radio show. All that. If I call you, you always answer your phone. You always answer my messages. If I say, come on and say a few words, you always did it on radio. I called you and said, can you come out? Yeah, sure. I'm bringing a beer. He said, so I appreciate that because I think there's, you and I were talking before on our way out here. I did have to be your driver, uh, your Uber, but there's a lot of young guys that'll say, I'm like JB, I'm not going to do all the interviews and that's a misnomer. That that's not true. You're 33 years old. You've been around a while. This my you, 15th year. 15th year. You yeah. got to do stuff. Well, that's what I, I told him. I, I heard one of them say, oh, "I'm just gonna be like JB. I'm not doing no interviews, y'all." No. And I, I heard him tell him that, and I walked over there and I just tapped him and politely said, "There's one difference between you and I." And he said, "What's that?" I said. You weren't around for the 10 years. I did everything they asked me to do when they asked me to do it every single time and never said no. I said, I have the right to say no. <laughs> you don't. Uh, you know, I, you're, you're never exclusive if, if you don't say no That's once in a while. But it is, um, you know, the we, we're, we're, as we do this, it's the Billings PBR. So we're in, you're in, in my town. And I told you, I'm tired this week because when I'm, in my hometown, it's a, you always got to be on. I've done radio, TV, newspaper. Now I'm not complaining about it, but it is, you get to a point in your career, you do got to sort that stuff out. Don't you? Oh yeah. What you, what needs to be done and what they want you to do. And, you know, it's just years and years of doing the same thing over and over in the four o'clock in the morning and getting up. And I, and I always wondered why they did TV at four thirty in the morning. Because I figured the people that were up early enough to watch the TV at 4.30 in the morning were not coming to the bull riding that night. No, those are, yeah. It, but the gr- the good news for you in your day was you were still up. Yeah. So that was a great yeah. advantage to have. That was perfect. Like, I would just leave from where I was at and go straight to the interview. Yeah, it, but, you know, and we've talked about that, and I've talked to other people you get to a point where, yeah, you, you had those days where you were still up when you had to meet in the hotel lobby at four 30 in the morning and, um, you change your shirt, put your hat on a little clone on, and it concerned a lot of PR people, but what, what's important 
is when that when those lights come on and they point to you, oh, yeah. say, we're out of commercial, you got to do the right thing, right? That's what I've told a lot of them young guys. You know, I said, you never let them see you sweat. And they have no <laughs> idea what I'm talking about. But that's part of it. Well, I mean, makes no difference. My dad always told me when I was little, he said, when you show up, you, you handle your business. And that's how I've been my whole life. No matter what I was doing, no matter if I'd been up all night doing whatever, God knows whatever, when I showed up, I could switch it on, switch it off, take care of business, go back to doing whatever I was doing. There, uh, I've told young guys when they say, uh, even when it comes to working out or whatever it is, I, I, I had a young guy not long ago say, I'm doing the J.B. Mooney thing, man, and, and I put my arm around him. Listen, there's only been a couple that can do what they do and be freaks in nature and still ride 90 pointers the next day. You know what, too. One of them's you. Who's the other one? Justin McBride. Justin McBride. Where do you think I learned from? And and that's what you told me, that he was, you know, everybody gets asked, who'd you look up to? Who was your role model? McBride, I've been through the generations. I've been through Ted Noose and Tuff Edeman and then Michael Gaffney and Tater Porter and and Luke Snyder and Justin McBride and Ross Coleman and you, and now this other generation. And, uh, that it, it, for one, it's changed, but that was your guy. McBride was your guy. Yeah. It was, you know, I was fortunate enough. I came around at the time McBride was in his prime. So I got to watch what he was doing when he was winning world titles and being the badass he was. But then also I traveled around with guys, Brian Herman, Tater Porter that had been there. Did that. They knew the ropes and everything. And, you know, it, it helped me along in my career a lot faster than it should have, you know, because I was one that was – I was a loose cannon, you know. There was no telling <laughs> where I was going to wind up or what I was going to do. And they kind of corralled me, you know. They just kind of buffed the edges, you, I guess. You, you got to go to that line, and then then you got to – somebody's yeah. got to scoop you up and say, oh, grab the back of your shirt and yep. pull you from falling off the cliff a little bit. Yeah, because uh, there was quite a few times I was hanging off that cliff. But. I forget – you know you know what's funny is I've done – I think I figured I've done 21 PBR world finals. They, uh, at the, I believe the 20th was a big reunion and the 25th. And there's guys that show up that I go, I forgot about him. Oh, Oh, Leslie Doyle, Reed quarter, Brian Herman. I shouldn't forget about him, but there was some really great bull riders. When you were 18, 19, 20, there were some guys that, they were, and they're a little different breed. They're tough. Oh, yeah, tough. I mean, it, it was, back then was more the cowboy mentality, not so much the athlete mentality, <laughs> the working out and staying in shape and eating right. It was just rough, tough, and do whatever it took to make the whistle. Man, hate to say it, but it it was kind of fun. And and I said, yeah. hey, if we're, doing, if we're doing a podcast with JB, can you sit here and sip a beer? It, yeah. Yeah, if... I had one, but yeah. it was the wrong brand. I'm not yeah. going to put it. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks a lot. But but uh, it, it was, remember the days, we talk a lot about it. You'd go in, in the arena, it'd be midnight, and the locker room would still be full. Oh, because yeah. when it was the Bud Light Cup, you see, it's been Bud Light Cup, Built Ford Tough Series, now the Monster Energy, yep. uh, Unleash the Beast. When it was the Bud Light Cup, people may not know this, there was tubs of Bud Light in the locker rooms about, waiting when we finished the show. About four of them. <laughs> and yeah. so now there, I, I do believe there was um, 
some, sorry, I adjust my chair. There, there was some negatives to that in a sense, maybe, Hey, we're athletes, we're this, whatever. I'll tell you, I miss, I really do miss that. I'll come in after a show. Uh, I'll kind of get cleaned up a little, wipe the sweat off and I'll go up on the concourse and sign autographs for 45 minutes. When I come back down, I'm the last guy. I'm the last one there. Oh yeah. And there was a day when I'd come down and, and I think there's, I think there's some fellowship missing some camaraderie. That's where we became friends. Cowboys sit around, they drink beer, they talk, they hang out. There's no campfire, but there should be. There's no campfire, so nobody hangs around anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, you know, the PBR, there's nowhere else you can go and make this kind of money riding bulls. That's by far their head and shoulders above any other association. But, you know, I think they've strayed away from, you know, what makes bull riders – and when you got guys that you're friends with and you hang out with, you ride better. When they're there every weekend, they're helping you, they're doing this. And the guys I traveled with, they're all retired. So, you know, I kind of <laughs> sit, in a, lo- I sit in a locker room and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I just sit back there by myself. But, you know, I mean, that, that's just watching Westerns where you do at night. Build a campfire, sit around and talk. Yeah. Drink whiskey, beer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. And that's the nature I was talking about this today with uh, in an interview. I, I did a deal. I used to hang out, you know, the guys, we all have that generation of guys that helped us. The guy, a couple guys that really helped me were Lloyd Ketchum and Joe Bumgarner. Joe B. And, and Joe B. I'll never forget, we were at a rodeo, and you always went to the stock trailer and had a beer at the rodeos, groundy oh, yeah. rodeos. It was two hours after the rodeo. We're still sitting there, and he looked around, and he said, ha, ah, I love visiting just like that, like a little kid. Yeah. And to that's, you, you've been rodeoing mm-hmm. lately. Yep. Um, you're getting on as many bulls as you can. You love getting on bulls. So you've been going, you were killed here in North Dakota and Dillon and Filer and Blackfoot. You're between Billings and Des Moines, you're going to some. But there is, no matter what my career does, and, and I'm a loyal company guy for the PBR. I love yep. my job. I love the shows we do. Man, there's something about that rodeo. Oh man, it's, road isn't there? Yeah, it, it's fun. You know, I was sitting there thinking because it's been quite a few years since I just took off and drove. You know, when we were <laughs> younger, when it was Casey Hayes, Brian Kenner, yeah, and all of us. And I'm surprised we got anywhere, but I'm surprised you're alive. Yeah, actually. I, I am too. But you know, it's a truck and camper, and summertime. I mean, there was three, four months we stayed gone. I mean, yeah. nobody, you didn't know where we were at. You didn't know where we were going. And, I mean, we just drove. And we bought that motor home the other day, and I, I put Samantha and Jagger in there, and, boy, they were asleep in the back, and I was driving, and I thought, man, I miss this right here. Like, it was just wide open, no cars out through there, and mm-hmm. I was running about 90 in that RV. I was thinking, yeah, JB Mooney, J.B. Mooney, RVer. Yep. The RV, I love – See, I love the RV life. I too. I got. I'm a KOA member now. <laughs> we stayed in KOA. Hey, when I started, people don't know this. When I started rodeoing, I don't know if I was married yet, but we we would travel. We'd pulled KOA and had a two man tent. Okay. Then we had a camper on a pickup. Then we had a living quarters trailer. Everybody thinks you just jump right into this. Oh stuff. yeah, they they don't. That, that's and that's another thing. Like them guys that work out and say they're going to pull a JB. Go to South Texas and work for Phil Line for about two weeks. 
That'll make anybody want to ride bulls good. So tell them about your relationship, your father-in-law. Yeah. Uh, you're married to Samantha Line. Your father-in-law is Phil Line, who the old movie, Great American Cowboy. Yes, sir. It's Larry Mahan and Phil Line following them through a season. Phil Line, he's the only guy to win the average title. Calf roping and bull riding. Calf roping and bull riding in the same year at the National Finals Rodeo. I told him in an interview, not taking anything away from anybody else that's won all-around titles, but in my eyes, that's the last true mm-hmm. all-around cowboy. Yeah. We're both ends here, really. Well, you know, in Canada, they have a high point yep. and they have an all-around. The all-around's both, both ends, ends of the arena. What is, uh, I won't say, hey, do you get along with Phil Line, but what's your relationship? That's a, from everything I hear, because, and your brother-in-law, Shorty yeah. Gorham, yeah. same ranch. Uh, it, that's a tough man, Phil Line. That is a real tough man. Uh, he's part camel. Uh, <laughs> one bottle of water, lukewarm bottle of water, will last him like 14 hours. So if you go with him, you better pack your own beverages <laughs> and you better, and there's no telling, like he might say, Hey, let's run over here and check on something. And you come back six hours later yeah. and there's one thing he works and he will work you. And that's what he told somebody. I, I rode a ditch, witch for 109 <laughs> degree weather and dug about 7,500 foot of water line and, Somebody called him. He said, oh, I'm just getting JB back in bull riding shape. I said, I don't know if you're getting me in bull riding shape because all I'm doing is sitting on this thing, smoking cigarettes, riding it. But <laughs> you're dang sure making me want it. It, it, it. You know what? Funny. I'm an 80s guy. Not 80 years old, but the 80s. All I could think right there is Karate Kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember the original Karate yeah. Kid? And he couldn't figure out why oh, wax on, wax off, oh, paint the fence. That's what Phil Line. He's your... Uh, He's and your, I promise you, yeah. if I'm up at a rodeo, he calls me every day. He does. Every day. You know, he wrote and he did everything. And I, I realized real quick that bull riding was his. That That's uh-huh. that's what intrigues him because me and him get in a truck and drive an hour and a half, and that's what we talk about is bull riding. Like, he loves bull riding and was just as good in the bull riding as he was calf roping, you know, the other right. events, but he liked bull riding. And, you know – when I'm at home, I try not to answer his phone calls because he's not calling to check to see how I'm doing. He's calling to check to see if I'm not doing anything so he can work me. <laughs> so I figured out real quick I better find something to do. Yeah. And uh, But I like it down there. I mean, I like being around him because he's cowboy and he's cowboy to the bone. There's mm-hmm. no other way around it. I mean. Uh, you got to admit. 72 degrees in Montana today felt pretty good, though. Oh, you? man. I, was, <laughs> I had – I was doing that RV life had the TV going when you pulled up and picked me up, had the owning out. You did the the outdoor, outdoor TV. You know, my kids, uh, we drove a motorhome last few years. I rodeoed and and, um, my kids were little and I, I lose track of what they remember. My 21 year old daughter the other day said, I don't remember that dad. You don't remember the Moodomatic Clown Act, you know? Oh, yeah. And my kids didn't know what a car seat was till they were four years old because it is nice to put your kid on the back of the, oh, on the yeah. back bed. How is the, your kid's smiley? Oh. I mean, he is, I'll give you credit. That's a cute little kid. Yeah. So you're traveling. I really, honestly, the PBR has been really great, but I discovered year la- years later that when I quit rodeoing, it really, broke that connection we had as a as a family traveling in an rv together that'll 
It's that, pretty cool, isn't it, to that, just have them all there? That's another reason I started rodeo on again. Uh, you have never met a 19-month-old child who is more ate up with rodeo, bull riding, anything to do with cattle than that little boy right there. You pull in, he sees a gate, he sees pins, <laughs> and he starts whooping his hotshot shaft. He takes everywhere with him around and starts saying, hey, bull, hey, bull, hey, bull. And, I mean, it is just nonstop, 24-7, and I told Samantha, and, you know, I, I don't tell her what I'm thinking. I just told her I entered some roads. We need to go home. You know, the day watching him play around there, and, I mean, he's nonstop wide open, crawling up the back pens, looking at them bulls, them horses, watching the rodeo. I said, that's one reason I did it. You know, the bull runs are great, but, you know, you've been there. I know. They, they had to go sit in the stands. You know, rodeos is a little more laid back, not so much security and things like that. He can go right there to the back pins, look at those bulls, and, I mean, he loves it. He could use a haircut. I mean, yeah, he could. Uh, <laughs> I, I like the long hair. Yeah, I do, too. He's got a good mullet going right now. He does. He it's, does. I yeah. need to trim the front, just the front. You, you need, around the ears, create yeah. the J.B. Mooney, the, the mullet, the Mooresville, the Mooresville waterfall That's back it. there. Um, he uh, has... I think it can go either way when you become a dad for like bull riders. A lot of guys, I think it puts an added pressure on them. Like now I got to ride to support this family. The other end of the spectrum is it's really put things in perspective that it's just bull riding, which do you have a way that's gone or is it kind of, when my daughter was born, I did it first. Right. I was younger though. Yeah. And I put a lot of pressure on myself when my daughter was born that, there's somebody else I got to take care of instead of JB. But you, you remember JB when she was born? Was a little, I remember JB then. I was yeah. hanging off that cliff over there <laughs> quite a bit. Somebody had your belt loop. And yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, I, I put so much pressure on myself to do good because I knew I had to support not only me but her. It was you know, before if I didn't ride for so long, and I was the only one that was affected by it. And once I realized. And, and that's what I, I've told a lot of people, you know, you got problems at home. When you leave that weekend to go to a bull riding, those problems will still be there Monday when you get home. They'll hang with you while you're gone, too. <laughs> oh, they will. I said, but that, yeah. you know, that's the mentality that you got to have. Mm-hmm. You know, I said, because if you when you crawl off in that buck and shoot, you can't be worrying about something else that's going on in this world or yeah. what you got to do or anything else. It's too dangerous a sport to not be 110% into it. And if you got something else on your mind better not go and yeah. you know when jagger come around boy he is ate up with it and and mcbride asked me he said why keep going why keep riding i said man i said i know he probably won't remember it when he gets older because i'm not gonna ride long enough for him right. to get old enough to remember it but just having him with me being having him around it at i think pictures just yeah. to have pictures for him later yeah this is, yeah and, but you know and everywhere I go, people, that's the next bull rider right there. You want him to ride bulls? I said, I don't care what he does. That was, and I was going to ask you that. So he's e- eating up with it, he which can like, go anyway. He could be yeah. a roper, a bull. He could be, he could play soccer and not really give a crap. So he comes to you when he's five, six years old. I, I, I picture you as one that steps back, not here. You're going to ride a bull. You're going to ride a sheep, whatever it, are you good with him? ever wanting to be a bull rider or whatever he wants to do yeah I, I was never pressured into it never my entire life 
But once I started, it was something I couldn't stop. They never made me do it. They told me any day I wanted to quit, we never had to go again. And that's kind of the way I am. I'm not going to pressure him into doing anything. You know, if he wants to ride bulls, I'll be there to help him 100%. If he, if he wants to play the damn piano, as long as he does it with 110%, I'll be there at the piano recital listening to him. That piano's okay. I mean, I... You know, you know, I always said that about... I have two girls. And, of course, I wanted boys. I was an athlete. You know, I was more football, basketball, all that. But when I had girls, I went... It, it, it seems like with girls, the pressure's off a little bit. Yeah. Hey, if they don't play sports, it's a girl. They'll sing and play the piano. And, oh, yeah. But my girls are way... I mean, they, they rope every day. Every day. But... It, whatever hey, hey that's what i tell him i don't care what he does piano baseball basketball f- plays a flute whatever he wants to do as long as he does it <laughs> really wholeheartedly, the, the flute i don't, I don't care <laughs> i mean wholeheartedly 110 percent. i don't have a problem with it if he okay. wants to paint if he wants to be an artist as long as he does it with 110 percent, i'll back him 110 what about you when uh tell me I would rather I, not ride bulls because it's a rough way to make hurts. a living. But. I saw you stand up out of your lawn chair. Oh, yeah. Um, what about you when you were 10 years old, 9 years old? What If I was to look at J.B. Mooney as a little kid, 9, 10 years old, what were you? What Were you already knowing you wanted to be a bull rider? Did you play other sports? Were you good in school? I, I never I, have heard. I was good enough in school to pass because I – my mentality was, you know, I didn't want to be there anyways. Uh, the rule at my house when I got home from school was I had to do my homework before I could watch bull riding tapes. I studied bull riding 24-7, seven days a week. I mean, that's all I was worried about. I roped. I did everything else. But when, you know, I played I, I played baseball for eight or nine years. Hmm. Pitched, played second base, shortstop, had – High school, they wanted me to play for them. I wouldn't do it because the rodeos were on the week or the ball games were on the weekends. I was going to bull riding rodeos on the weekends, so I wouldn't do it. Uh, they before, right before high school, coach told me you got to pick or choose. I said, "What do you mean?" They said, "Either rodeoing or baseball." I said, "I'll see y'all later." You know, I I, I like playing baseball. Played football, and uh, but rodeoing was at where it was at. My parents say they, they kind of lean more towards the roping. and <laughs> You can my, rope. You're yeah. a pretty good roper. My dad steer wrestled, so I jumped my first steer off a horse when I was 13. And uh, you know my dad, and I am not built anywhere You are not like built anything like your dad. But he's the, he's the full moon. Yeah, he's, he's the a, full moon. I'm, yeah. I'm the quarter moon. <laughs> and uh, finally when, you know, I love bulldogging, but I just wasn't yeah. built for it. And finally, I did it too. Look at me. When I was 17, I told him, I said, that's it. I said, I'm done bulldogging. He said, why not? I remember the last time I jumped a steer, we were at a rodeo in South Carolina. Them guys told me, Jeb, you got the best steer in the pen. Heck yeah. I run him. I'm like a 4'2", 4'5", or something. I'm thinking, I was bowed up. I didn't even place. (laughs) And that's when I decided that. That, Yeah. I said, that's it. And I was spending all my money hauling them horses and – I said, I can take my rigging bag and put it in a little bitty car and save a lot of money going did, in bull riding. Did you high school, like truly high school rodeo? Freshman it, year, sophomore year I did. Uh, went to the Nationals. My freshman year in the Bulldog and the team roping and bull riding. My sophomore year, I made the Nationals in the bareback riding, the calf roping, the team roping, the Bulldog and the bull riding, but I didn't go. You didn't, I, why didn't you go? I knew I wasn't going to college. 
So huh. I said, there's no reason for me to go. I'm not spending all that money to get all them horses and everything out there. And, so. and let me tell you something. My girls made it to the National High School Rodeo. You better have some money saved up oh, yeah. to go. Where was it? Where was uh, it Nationals when you went New as Mexico. a freshman? Was it Gallup? Gallup. I think Gallup. The junior, I know the junior high was there. Or wait, Farmington. That's Farmington. Was. Yeah, that Farmington was where the high school finals yeah, was. Because, uh, God dang, what year was that? I got out of school in 04. So around 2000, right? Yeah. yeah. Huh. When you watch those bull riding tapes, you come home and did your homework. What tapes did you put in? Who did you, who'd cool. you watch? I know McBride later helped you, but. I still when, got, I, you can go in that RV right now and look, there's a box sitting up there full of DVDs and I got them. I've got NFR tapes from the 70s and 80s and I've got NFR tapes and PBR tapes from the early 90s. Past about 97, I don't watch them. I watch the old school ones. What? Why? What's the difference? Why? Why did? Why do you not watch the cowboy mentality? I, I don't know. I ask the ones I like, and I watch them over and over and over. You know, I watched Lane Frost Bull Talk every day of my life. When you know, once I got older and I was living by myself, everybody thinks that all I did to learn how to ride bulls and be good at riding bulls is stand on a damn ball. But I would stand on that ball and watch bull riding tapes, you know, when I didn't have anything to do. All my buddies around the house were working or whatever they were doing, you know, and and like I was talking earlier, the, that part about them saying not working out, they don't see what I do the, during the day. So that was, you know, we can't have a conversation without that. People say, yeah, there's McBride and JB. They don't work out. Well, there's a difference, like, Okay, there's a different kind. The Brazilians, they'll most of them go to uh, whatever the place is indicated. There's yeah. a big gym, whatever. That's fine. Each well, to his own. Each to I his own. But do you look at you? There's some working out there. For one, standing on the ball, balance. Nobody's out muscling a bull. That's yeah. what people misinterpret. You, it, it's here. Oh yeah, you, it's, it's like a dance. They move. You got to follow them. You you can't make them do what you want them to do. And, you know, that's that's one thing I always said. I said, if I got to go to a gym to ride bulls, that means I ain't working hard enough at home. And you can ask my wife, and Jagger's just like me, You, I can't stay inside very long. Like, I'm up usually before daylight every morning and no telling what time I'm going to go to bed. Uh, a couple of them guys that was rodeoing, I asked them the other night, they were talking, said something, and they were asking about how old I was. I said, well, how old are y'all? One of them's 24, the other one's 25. And they say, how are you, JBS? 33. And, I mean, we stayed up till, like, 2.30 in the morning sitting around drinking beer. Visiting around the campfire. Visiting. <laughs> and, you know, the next day they get up about 1 o'clock, and they come out of their little deal over there. They're, and they said, what time did you get up this morning? I said, oh, about 6.45. They mm -hmm. said, really? I said, I'm telling you, you're waiting on me. You're late. Here, you know, um, I think that – there's guys that don't live a real active everyday lifestyle, but then go for two hours and really work hard at the gym. I believe that if you live an active lifestyle and work out in the heat and really get up early, your mind's focused the whole day. Oh yeah. And a lot of it's here. You're living an active lifestyle. Your muscles are working. You're, it's a balance there. I think an active lifestyle does as much as anything. Uh, I think I, I, I 
guy told me one time there's a difference between a guy that works out and a working man. Yeah. You know, there's a difference. And that's what I do every day. Like, whether I'm helping Phil or whether I'm doing stuff on my own, I'm working. I mean, I got cows. I got bulls. I have horses. I said, I'm always doing something. I remember sitting somewhere with Justin McBride when he was still riding, winning a world title. And he says, man, and it might have been in the lobby of a hotel at midnight campfire. around a campfire. That's our new thing now. Yeah. Uh, and he said, man, let me tell you something. All those guys, Adriano, Marchi, he was listening. They go to that gym, get all muscled up, and this little skinny guy's kicking their ass. He said, and he was, it was joking. You know, McBride, he, oh, yeah, he likes joking. everybody. Yeah. But he's right. He was right. For he sure. was confident. And, and you know how many people I've had tell me I need to quit smoking? I don't go to a gym. I don't work. I'm about, I'm same mentality McBride had when he was younger, except I smoke cigarettes. <laughs> and that was one other thing I, I'd tell people. I said, you know, I said, them people tell me I need to quit all that. And I said, and then I hear I win them bull runs and I sit back and think, hmm, I don't eat healthy. I drink Cokes. I drink beer. I drink whiskey. I smoke cigarettes all damn day long and I'm still whipping their asses. <laughs> and I, and, you know, I, I never said that nothing, but I always thought about it. I said I'd like to tell him that. You know, when yeah, somebody yeah. would say something about it. But um, has it kind of shifting gears a little? Isn't it something when you and I have visited about? We visit about doing media stuff, and as we get older, you got to sort it out. And I've seen you a little on social media, so you tell me I don't care. I don't care what they say. I don't, but we all care. Oh yeah. Isn't it funny how this is my job. You have your job. When we do the jobs we do that people really feel they have the ability to chime in and tell us about our job. I mean, the retiring thing, JB, why don't you just retire? You're washed up. What is the fact you want to keep riding bulls? have to do with them. But you know what? That's also people who have never, uh, I'll put it this way. I use Brett Favre as my example every yep. time. He took heat because he didn't re- just retire, Favre, just yeah. retire. The people who haven't had this kind of passion to compete and win and the love don't get it, do they? No. And what's it hurting them? It, yeah, I mean, it, if I want to kill myself, let me do it. You know, I mean, I, that's just... I beat my body all to pieces. Everybody says, well, you got a family, you got a child, everything like that. And my first go-to is, yeah, that's exactly what I want them to remember me by. When the going got tough, I gave up. When I'm done riding bulls, I'll decide that. Nobody else will. But I'll look on there every once in a while, and I'll read them comments and – I'll say something smart ass back to him, you know, just to fire him up. And get I love, hey, I, here's what I've discovered. I'll, I'll try, I'll look just for the sake of, of this stuff and some things I do. I'll get on a PBR uh, post and, and read the comments and my name will come up. Oh the, yeah. Well, I'll chime in and comment, you know, maybe you should, and I'll try to be polite. They're more thrilled that you, I get on and yeah. respond. So I always laugh when they say that JB's all worn out. He should retire. And you say, I'll retire when I want. And you know, that person's going, Oh, yeah. oh I hate JB. And, but I love him. Yeah. It's, <laughs> oh yeah. It, it, that retiring part, it gets to me every time. That's when, you know, you see a guy get hurt, but 
you know, Samantha, she always asks, she said, well, why don't she say anything? Those older guys are right. I said, yeah, but how many of them were around as long as I've been? Mm-hmm. They've watched me grow from the time I was pretty much 18 years old till now. Yeah. And they've watched every hang up, every stomping, every bone broke that I've watched. And they think, well, he needs to give it up. But I feel better now than I have in 10 years probably. Yeah. And Except if I sleep on that mattress. On the, in the, your new mattress yeah, in your yeah, RV. Yeah, geez, to, hurts your hips. We got to do that one. Um, you know, J.W. Hart was like, I, I, I can't believe I'm older than J.W. Hart, but it's the same thing. Um, J.W. said one time how old he was, and Cody Lambert, I said something. Not all the older he is. He said he'd been making a living riding bulls since he was 15 years old. That's how I was. He's been around for the guys have been around for so long. You got Joao Ricardo Vieta. I'll use him as, I think he's 37, oh, 36, yeah. 37. But to us, he showed up when he was 30. Yeah. But you, we've seen you. From the, the time the, I could <laughs> buy a PBR permit till now. Yeah. Um, 15 years. I watched, they had a, uh, there was a video floating around, probably on Mooney Monday. Oh, yeah. Ah, sorry. Um Thanks. The first qualified ride at a PBR, I think it was Portland, Oregon. Portland. You and Brian uh, Cantor, weren't you both? Yeah. You guys were there together. Yeah. Godfather of Chad Burgers. Oh, you are, you were just a, a tot. Oh, just yeah. Baby faced. Probably didn't even smoke. Yeah, I bet you smoked. Oh, I smoked, man. I've been smoking my whole life. <laughs> yeah. That's what people. Brown, it, when, when they told me that I was 14, I think, 14, 15 years old, my dad told me, he said, we don't have the money for you pay for you to do this so if you want to ride bulls and rodeo you got to get a job so once i started getting a job and i supported myself i did what i wanted to and unfortunately some of it was smoking i guess (laughs) (laughs) but i mean not i'm not condoning it i'm not a smoker but i don't care because it's just it's just you yeah let, let me say this um and I'm pretty polite Are, about it. Like I don't you're, smoke you're not, in, you, I don't smoke in people's cars, you know. You, listen, I if I didn't know you, I wouldn't know you smoked. I know. That's those are the best kind. But there's a uh, the PBR who does a great job promoting things. There's a lot of turnover in the organization. So a new PR guy'll come. Look at JB Mooney. Holy. So it's Look at this. This is what America, this is a guy. And we're all going, uh, that's just Dave, JB. Yeah, that's it. That and there's Mooney Monday. There's this. Do you, and, and the big thing is nobody's as tough. Oh my God. Nobody's as tough. I mean, to me, is your pain tolerance more than anybody else? Probably you and Frank Newsom. Probably. Yeah. I do know this because I share a locker room with Frank Newsom and I have for years. He hates he hates a couple things. He hates when you say, are you okay? <sighs> and he hates hearing about how tough he is. Oh, yeah. It's got it. Are you the same? It, to me, it's just you. That's just JB. Yeah. Leave it back off. I remember I walked out of the arena at Vegas one year, and a bull flipped over on top of him, and I mean, smashed me all to pieces. And I was mad because I got bucked off. I was hurting, and I walk out, and Tandy, he's trying to stop me, and I'm shrugging him off. I was and uh, so I can't remember who was standing there. And they said, man, you're tougher than John Wayne's boots. I said, yeah, and I'm about tired of proving it to <laughs> I just kept walking. I was like, man, I would rather step off every bull on my feet and walk out of that arena like nothing ever yeah, happened. Yeah, it's not. It it's almost gets to a point where people people think that's your, that 
You know, in, in football, don't. in football, guys are tough because they hit somebody else hard so they can live up to it. Bull riding, if you're if you're known for being that tough, that means you've been in way too damn many yeah. wrecks. Yeah, a lot of wrecks. And but I, I was taught to be that way. You know, when I was little, it was always if you're hurt bad enough, you need to go to the doctor. You don't need to ride next weekend. So I, I wouldn't say nothing. I just and you know. The older I got and the people I hung around, McBride and them, they were tough. And, you know, it was just cowboy way. Like, yeah, you get hurt, you get up, you walk out of that arena, you can lay in the back and cry all you want to, but you don't do it out there in that arena. And that's how I've always been. I don't know why. And people don't understand how you deal with all that pain and getting hurt. You get used to it after a while. Like, it's normal. That's why one reason I won't go to a chiropractor or anybody like that. If I go to there – yeah, I'll feel good. You know, they'll put everything all lined back up. My hips and everything will be all lined back up. Boy, I'll feel good till I get on the next bull I get on. And then it's all out of whack, and it hurts even worse than when before. Because if I a guy can do that and realign you, I always say that. This is terrible. I'll probably take heat for this. I always say that about horse chiropractors. If I, as a man, can grab a horse and go, oh, popped him back in, it's going to come back. It's oh, going to yeah. come back out. Yeah. So. And that's what I always, Samantha always asked, why don't you go get worked on things like that? And I said, well, if I leave it alone, I'm used to it. It's no different. I said, if I go right. and get everything that, lined that, back yeah. up for the couple of days before I get on the next week, you know, I feel great. And then that first bull I get on, it's all back yeah. out of whack and it hurts even worse. Keep it. So. Like if you had to take a cold shower every morning, don't yeah. take a hot one. It'll screw up here. Then you're yep. crave that. Um, I guess the word I always use when people ask is polarizing. It's weird. I felt like McBride was polarizing and it's amazing now because the year he, he retired. Um, you know, I remember, I don't know if you remember McBride and Adriano retired the same year. Yep. And the people were like, well, we hate to see him go, but McBride could learn something about how to treat people from Adriano. And Adriano was a good guy. That's not the point. I remember thinking, if you really knew Justin McBride, oh, that yeah. guy would drop everything yeah. to help you. And I don't know what it is. It's it's greatness. It's swagger. It's whatever it is. Why are you so oh. – you're a love you or hate you. Nobody's like, oh, JB, yeah, he's pretty good. Oh, yeah, JB. That never happens. Nope. It's either, oh, JB Mooney or that's some bitch. God, yeah. I just – oh, he – I don't – I guess I kind of get it because I've been around a while, but I've never really found a reason to not like you. I, uh, <laughs> it's weird how TV does that to people. It, and and we are we are in the entertainment business, so we need a villain. And, and there you it, go. it's weird. People that I've never met a day in my life come up to an autograph and sign in. I'll sign it, and, you know, they'll just start talking to me, and I'll just – Talk right back to them, just carry on a conversation like a normal person would. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they get down there, like, you know, until today, I hated you. And I'm like, why? Because of TV. We thought you were cocky. We thought you were this. And I, 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 same thing I always use. There's a difference between confident and cocky. Completely. I've never told anybody I was going to do anything. But by God, I expected myself to do it. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference there. And, you know, and it's crazy how TV makes you look one way. And then they, when they meet you in person, they're like, oh, man, you're a yeah. totally different person. You're not you're just, as big a turd as we yeah. thought. You're, you're just a you, normal person. Yeah, but you know where it started? You were, I think, the first guy 
that they followed down the hall. Oh yeah. And you threw your rope down the hall and kicked something. I got and that was more flack out of that. That's minor nowadays. Oh, it, I know. That's those people I caught more slack off of that. They, <laughs> you need to quit pitching a fit like a little kid, and I'd always tell them, "All right, you go home, you take forty thousand dollars of your money, and you go put it on black or red on the roulette wheel, lose it, and tell me you're not going to be met." Well, that's different. I said, "No, mm. it's not different. It's what I do for a living. When I get bucked off, it's something I did that caused it." So I'm mad at myself. I'm not mad at anybody else, nobody else, not judges, not the bull, nobody, myself. Yeah. And once I'd explain it to them, then they'd kind of, well, okay. But, you know, I got a little better the older I got about hiding it. There's bad. Shit still gets tore up, I promise you. <laughs> I promise you. Well, Just the camera doesn't see it. Uh, our friend Jerome Robinson, who's a Hall of Famer and was a great bull rider now in the arena with us. He's a whole nother podcast, that guy. Oh, yeah. But uh, you know what he said the first couple times that happened? Everybody was, oh, they, why do they show it? Why does why do the TV cameras follow them down the hall? They should, well, why? And Jerome said, you know, JB's taking heat. We all did it. There was just never TV cameras. Yeah. You know, I always tell people, they said, why don't you smile when you get bucked off? I said, what do you mean? I said, you need to be a good loser. I said, you show me a good loser. And I'll show, show you, you a loser. loser. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, I prided on myself on my bull riding, and that's all I've ever did my entire life. So I wanted to win. And when I did, and I was pissed about it, you know. And I'm not talking win events. I'm talking about winning against the bull. If I didn't ride, that's not a win to me. You can only, well, really, in bull riding, only thing you're, you're not competing. I'm not competing against you. You're no. not, you know, they, they create, I will say. Oh, they start drama. That, yeah, yeah. I, I will say. The greatest world, not just the greatest world finals, the, one of the greatest sporting events I've been to was here. It was you and Silvano. And I wish people could go back to that. And it was, were you for, who came in number one? He did or you did? Silvano did, because I pretty much had to ride every bull I so, got on to win it. So they came, we'd always buck them in order. And he was last, and you were second to the last. So the first couple nights... These guys in here, I don't know if they know this either. For, I get goosebumps. See, I get goosebumps thinking about it. I was in Thomas and Mac. The first couple nights, you'd come out and ride your bull on the crowded cheer. Next up, Silvano Alves. And there and there isn't any more, and I don't know what happened. That, remember, the one whole section oh, yeah. was Brazilians, and they'd stand up, and they'd start, like it was a soccer game. Yeah. And by about the third night, when it got to you, Da, 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 that we should talk about that. Yeah. Everybody in the arena would stand up and they all started bringing American flags mm -hmm. and there was nothing wrong with that. It yeah. was a, and by the last night it was, I do get goosebumps. I mean, it was the greatest thing I've ever seen and they created a rivalry, but we need rivalries. Yeah. You know, they, they tried to get me to say something bad about it. Yeah, you know, you, every yeah. time they do interviews, they would always try to talk about the way he didn't take rerides and this and that. And I said, look, it's not my style, but each to his own, it's an individual sport. Yeah. That, it was so great. It was, that was, it was fun. It, it was the that, greatest world finals ever. I'm going to say what it. I've that always, that's why I always told him, I said, that's what you got bulls for. When mm -hmm. you get down, guy that rode, Rides as good as Savano does, and especially when he was winning those world titles and you're right there neck and neck with him, when you crawl off in that buck and shoot, you better be in business. That's the advantage. 
that I, I will say, uh, I love the national finals rodeo. I had a big, great career in rodeo and still involved. That's what the national finals rodeo is missing because they're in such a hurry to finish. Oh, yeah. There's no drama. And we're, we're doing a TV show. So when it gets to that top five at the world finals, we just slow take down. all the time we need. Slow down. Let, let the build. story build. Story build. We saw it last year. Oh, no, a I can't little. stand them when they say, JB, you're next. But there's a, Hold on. There's a three and a half minute break yeah. right before you're Or they're on. saying, you know what they do Damn. a lot of times? You okay. know what a lot of times they'll say, hold on. Yep. And they'll say in my ear, they're, they got a minute and a half little feature yep. they're running on TV. And we take heat sometimes, oh, long TV commercial, but at the world finals, man, it comes, we saw it with Jose and Jess last year. Yep. We're in the entertainment business. That's what McBride and them did a deal with me. And they were asking me about Jose and Jess's rivalry and all this and how number one, they were talking. And I was like, man, you guys are talking like I'm retired. Yeah. They're asking you about yeah, the other I was guys. Like, Look, I'm just hurt. I'm coming back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's a good rivalry, but. When I show up, I'm there to kick their asses too. Yeah. And, you know, McBride said something on TV the other day got me fired up, real fired up. He said, I don't think we'll see him ride the rank bulls like we used to when he was in, when he won his world titles. And I turned around and I told my wife, I said, they better look the hell out. Yeah. Because that's all it takes. You say something like that, and it, boy, it's, I don't know. Well, I don't think you can. No. I, see, I'm trying to get you fired up. It's that's a trigger. There's a trigger in me somewhere that's like, the pride deal. I'm like, ah, okay. All right. You know what? Uh, since I'm an eighties guy on the movie, back to the future, Marty McFly, he hated being called a chicken. Mm-hmm. That set him off. That's why he yeah. punched Biff. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Same kind of deal. Uh, all of this says, and something I had written down. It, I run into this a lot. I do a certain job a certain way and I'm in front of people. And sometimes I've even said it out loud. You don't really know me. Oh, yeah. I think you know me. I've even said sometimes with what the image people have created about JB, it's almost like you're playing a character. Oh, yeah. In a way. And you do, you got to admit, sometimes you play it up. Oh, yeah. You know, there's (laughs) been times I've walked up on that short cage to pick a bull, and I'm thinking, man, that's an easy one. And they're like, oh, you're going to pick Bushwhacker? And I'm like, yeah. Damn it. And then everybody, then you're a hero because, okay, breaking news, JB never wanted to pick Bushwhack. I mean, it's yeah. inherent in you that you picked the Rangus Bull, but yeah, you felt like you had to live up yep. to this. Sometimes, you know, because there's plenty of times I was hurting bad enough to where I thought, man, I should probably just pick a bull. I need to, I know I can ride. And then I'd get up there and I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> Dang it. It cost me a lot of money, but. See, you're, you know what? You're like Shrek. Layers. You have layers. Donkey. Oh, yeah. I'm like an onion. I have layers. So that's funny. Old Dalen Swearinger and Andrew Alvarez come to the house before the team deal. And we, I took him to get on some practice bulls and stuff and got him on a drop barrel and stuff. And, you know, that when they, they interviewed Dalen and Andrew and them and Kate asked them about coming to the house and getting on bulls, and uh, they said, well, he kind of keeps it short and sweet. And then Andrew said, but I will tell you one thing. He said, it is crazy the amount of stuff that guy knows about bull riding, and he never says a word. Huh. And, I, and Andrew asked me, he said, why don't you tell people? I said, they don't ask. I said, I'm not going to say Unsolicited I'm, advice is you know, not. I, I'm not going to tell a man his business unless he asks me. And – just little things I switched with, like, Dalen, just little bitty stuff, just tweaking on them. And they're like, man, that makes a lot of sense. I'm like, 
That's all I've ever studied. And Dalen Swern, Dalen Swernson said, "Uh huh, yeah, 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 yes sir, yes sir, yes sir." I like Dalen. I do too. I like a good kid. He is nowhere near like I was when I was his age. And Andrew's a good kid too. There's some good young guys. Really, there as far as quality of bull riders, there's some. There's really good. You know, I wish Dalton Castle. The groin thing is a tough one. Uh, uh, Mason Taylor, Andrew Alvarez, Dalen Swearingen. There, there's some guys. Yeah, Colton Jesse, a little yeah, taller kind of a guy. So they're pretty good hands. Really good, good hands coming up. So, um, quickly because these are questions I get asked all the time, every few weeks, um, even on my live broadcast where people ask everybody always asks you know the great big question who's the best bull rider ever you're out of the conversation in your the as far as you've seen or what you've you watch bull riding more than anybody who's the best bull rider ever that i've seen in person uh okay go with who you've seen in person brian canter brian canter so you're not going longevity uh world you're because you were with brian canter when he was young yeah uh me and that guy traveled around for probably two or three years before we showed up in the PBR. Yeah. And uh, I was always sucking hind tit. We'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. I was It was first and second everywhere, and I was always second. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably the bull riding this individual I ever laid eyes on, watched him in person. We got on bull, and it wasn't like you were just going on the weekends. Like, we got on bulls every day of our mm-hmm. life, every day. Seven days a week, we got on bulls, whether it was practice pins, open bull runs, bull runs, rodeos, didn't matter. We got on bulls seven days a week. And I think in a whole year's time, I watched him get bucked off five bulls one year. Brian was small. I I have – I watched Jess Lockwood High School Rodeo because yeah. he was with my girls. And people come to me and say, he's an ex-PBR star. And I don't know if you know this, but Jess has grown five, six inches. He was tiny. Yeah. And I said, he's got to grow five inches and gain 30 pounds, or he's going to get busted in half. Brian Canner's body Same couldn't way. hold up. Couldn't hold right? up. I figured once he started getting hurt, it would snowball on him, yeah. and it did. But before then, I, I, I mean, it, it, it was. I toted him around. It, it, oh, he was funny. That was the best advice my father ever gave to me, because me and Brian didn't really see eye to eye when we first met. Because <clears throat> I'd been going. Brian didn't start, but Brian's a type like wakeboarding anything he tried snowboarding like he just right off the bat just <laughs> god-given talent just in anything he did me on the other hand i'd wreck out and wipe out and drag and do everything like that well you know when he started we kind of started going to the same rodeos it was kind of who was the bigger fish you know and i was like who's this little guy and he was so shy and timid he wouldn't talk so it come off like he just thought he's a bat you know he's just Stand over, wouldn't say nothing. He I'm wouldn't like, stand like that. Yeah. He was, yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah. who's this kid? And, you know, my dad told me, he said, look, when you start going, you only travel as good with guys as good as you or better because you're only as good as the guys that you go with. And I got to watch him ride, and I was thinking, damn, my little son gun rides, but he's an asshole. And <laughs> so finally one day I just hit him up, and I was like, hey, you want to go some bull ridings? And he's like, Yeah. And from then on, it was me and him everywhere we went. We didn't hardly ever ask anybody else to go with us until we got into PBR. And but was, he was a cocky little fart. Later, oh, he was. Man, God, he, you want to talk about but night funny, and day? But you want to talk about night and day when it was me and him in that truck driving twenty hours? Totally different person. Yeah, 
Like, there's a few times, like, I snatched him up and was threatening to whoop him because the way he was acting. Like, I always call it the little big man syndrome. It's just me and him. He's a good guy. We get around a group of people, and he had to be Billy Badass. And, like, I'm like, just <laughs> shut up, That's man. That's true. Like, so true. And uh, I loved him like a brother, but, man, there was a couple of times I wanted to just whoop him. We, God, we did Enterprise. Remember, we were on Team oh, Enterprise yeah. for a while together. And I felt like I was toting around an eighth grader. Come here, yeah. Brian. We got to go here. We got to go. And he'd stick his chest out. He, yeah. Oh, so... That's in person, Brian Canner. What about like when people think of world champions, guys like the 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 ones we know? Who well, see, do you I'm think? A, I'm always I always go old school with it, but yeah. you know I watched Jerome because he lived right there. Jerome my, Davis, yeah, yeah, Jerome Davis. I watched him because I grew up right there by him. Uh, Shivers was a badass. You know, you can't all of them are. I mean, yeah. you, you strap that gold buckle on. You're the best bull rider in the world. You know, my answer always is, and I don't know if it was the way he treated me, the friend he's become, the situations he was in that he rose to the occasion. I always say Justin McBride. Yeah. Justin. In my in my career doing rodeos PBR, that guy stands out in my head. He's right there at the top because I was I'm old enough I was able to be in a locker room with him. I watched what he did, how he did it, and that made it even more badass than watching it on tv yeah. because i mean he he was all cowboy oh. all the time well i will say as far as moments you were you're right up there in uh people people say what's the best bull ride you've ever seen and it was the moment it was the energy jb mooney on pearl harbor in sioux falls south dakota oh yeah your 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 elbow your hand went numb in the long round and couldn't get on your bull it was 15, 15. JB's getting on. Yeah, JB's getting on. So it was again, it was a it was one of those freaking stupid JB Mooney moments. Oh, like yeah. you do it on purpose. It, it to this day. JB Mooney on Pearl Harbor. Now, Jose on chiseled the other day, right up there. But it was it was the moment. The moment, it, the way it happened. It was, oh yeah, the atmosphere. I did finally figure out what was wrong with that elbow. Just when Tandy released me from my shoulder, I told him when I went in, I said, hey, I said, x-ray this elbow while you're at it. He x-rayed it, and I got two pieces of bone floating around in there. <laughs> That's why it goes numb, because they get hung in a certain spot, yeah. and it pushes on nerves or something, I guess. And I said, I've been wondering that for a while now. So in person, through your career, best bull ride you ever saw? Best bull ride. I know. I did. It, and it's hard for me. I pick you because of the moment, but... I don't know. McBride riding chicken on the chain was pretty good. Uh, Mike White on Troubadour at yeah. Tulsa that year was really good. Uh, I don't know. There's quite a few of them. I can't just pick one because I I know I pick yeah. them apart. You know, like I, I, I watch them back in slow motion, see what the guy would. Even though he rode him in same way with me. Like when I get home, I can when I rode Pearl Harbor. I got home. The first thing I did was picked apart what I I could have did better, what I was doing wrong when I and even yeah. though I rode him. And, you know, I always pick it apart. That's just, yeah. You're always learning. Um, I'm almost done with you. But, okay, here's the, here's the kind of the JB, we talk about the life you led and, yeah, smoke cigarettes and I did this. Anything, when you look back on your career, okay, man, I wish I would have done such and such different. 
and I'm not saying you got any regrets. I mean, is there a path you would have taken a little different than what you did? Not a damn thing. <laughs> there you go. So that's so that again, you know, that, I've that, thought about it. I've thought about it. Cause I, uh, there's been times I, you know, I could have won a lot more money than I did. Probably won a world. You, title I, I think more. you could have won a couple more world titles. Yeah, I do. But the way I look at it is I did it the way I wanted to and how I wanted to. And nobody can ever take that away from me. I have, you know, we all do things in life, but I'm a believer that everything that does happen shapes. Oh yeah, it, it's all a butterfly effect. You might not have that little blonde kid right now. Uh, I mean, if you did something uh, yeah. different. and and that's what I always tell people. Do you think? Oh, would you would you change it to when you pick bushwhacker all the time? I said no. Or all them rank bulls when you got bucked off because you went to events? No. And they said why? I said because I did it the way I wanted to. Uh-huh. As long as I do it the way I want to, I can live with it. Whether I lose, win, lose, or draw, as long as I try, I can live with it. Oh. I said, you know, if I if I'd have went, and my biggest thing was if I'd have picked one, I knew I could have rode. I'd probably fell off some bitch anyways. Cause <laughs> yeah, probably. Actually, my, that's it. Yeah, I understand that. My motor don't get to running. Like if I know, like oh, I'm on. I mean, you'll be 88 on this one, 86 on this one, and my motor don't get to running. But you run a bushwhacker or Pearl Harbor in there, and you're like, man, you better be on it. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have time to think. That's the problem. As long as I keep my head out of my way, I'm good to go. Yeah. Well, I will say this about you. And I, we, we talk on here about how I wrap things up. And I've been, I've done 21 world finals. I mentioned that before. And through my entire career, the way I look at it, we have done a good job. The PBR has, has taken rodeo, bull riding, Western sports, and made it a TV show. Yeah. We create drama. We create rivalries. We create the villain all of it. And I look back on when I first started and there was some stars. There was Jim Sharp and Tuff Edelman and Cody Lambert and Ted Noose and Aaron Seamus. And then you got Justin McBride and Ross Coleman and all those guys. And they were bull riders. But as time has gone, we've created all these characters and we have certain people. And this is how I put it. We have certain people in this organization, in the sport that get clicks now it's social media but it's a good way to put it they get clicks jess lockwood is one jose vitor leme is one the pbrs told me anytime that they post anything on their social media with jb mooney's name on it it gets twice the clicks of anything else i thought you were going to refer to me as superman or something no no (laughs) but i will say and you know what i always say about those people when a guy gets hurt man j uh jess got hurt six months ago in taurus hamstring i said that sucks. He's good for business. Right. I always say he's good for business. Uh, if Sage Kimsey decided to go to the PBR, he'd be good for business. And right. I will say this, I'll let you go. But in all the years I've been here and you've been here, a lot of them, you're as good for business as any guy that we've ever had. And I got to know, and then you're done. I got to know bad to the bone. We've created when we don't say a word when it's your turn, yeah. we step out and that, do you hear the song? Does it get your blood flowing? And where did that come Heck from? Heck yeah, I hear the song because Jerome will look at me and say, hey, don't start till your song starts playing. So they tell you that. Oh yeah. Like I'll be sitting there ready to get on my bull and Jerome will look at me. He's like, when the song starts. I'm like, so who did it? Who came up with that? I have no idea. No clue. Somebody's going to step forward. Because they played a lot of screwed up songs for me, some bad songs when I was younger. And then somebody just, it all of a sudden started playing bad to bone and it's stuck. And just it's bad. Been, That's J. 
It says it right there on the lip. On the inside. Just bad. Just bad. Just bad. Movie. I did a lot of questionable things when I was younger. <laughs> well, you may think JB stands for J, J stands for just bad, but I know it stands for James Burton Mooney. That's why I named my son Jagger Briggs. Little JB. So I wasn't going to name him James Burton. <laughs> Poor guy. Well, listen, I know you. people think you don't do a lot of this, but I appreciate it. All right. And, uh, Anytime. I'll do it. Thing. I'll do it for my friends. So I'm your friend. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I mean, look. You know, hey, I will say this. People don't, when I ask if people really know you, and this will mean more of people on video, but I brought this here to put on the wall or whatever. People should know. This will embarrass you, probably. I'll come in, and this picture came from, I walked into my locker room, and on my chair in the locker room, that picture was sitting there. You didn't say anything. You didn't do anything. It's you and me. And I grabbed you. I remember that. I grabbed you and said, let's get a picture. You oh, had yeah. just ridden a bull. And we looked and thumbs up to thumbs the up. camera. And you bought that picture from Andy Watson. It says, to Flint, thanks for the support, J.B. Mooney. And it was sitting on my chair. And uh, when I say people don't really know you, they don't know that you do stuff like that. Tater, Tater Porter told me a long time ago, he said, buy every picture you can. I said, why? He goes, because this don't last forever. So anytime I see a picture like that, it'd be cool, f not just for me, for someone else, like, you know, Frank, Shorty, mm -hmm. Jesse, Webster, anytime, Joe B. There ain't probably no telling how many pictures Joe B's got of me, him saving me. But anytime there's a cool picture like that, I'll buy it from Andy and I'll sign it and give it to them guys. I gave three of them to Webster the other week. So in that front pocket under that Marlboro pack, there's a heart in there. Somewhere. Somewhere. It's just there. deep down in there. I just don't show it. Yeah, lot. I know. JB Mooney, two time world champ. It's um this is a good one. I appreciate you. Yes, sir. I'll Thanks give you a ride me. back to the campfire. I appreciate it because I've been drinking this beer. <laughs> JB Mooney, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining us. Join us on the next episode, According to Flint. Thanks, buddy. Yes, sir.